for the first time right. No, and Billy Carl, D. No. Williams was, I mean, uh, he made Gail laugh. So for the first time, Gail's like, maybe Piccolo is not so bad. Right. Maybe I want to sleep with him. Now, do you, does the story of Piccolo, like, was that national news? Like, I'm just trying to place yeah. the chronography. Like, yeah. so the story was a big story before this movie came out. Well, yeah, Piccolo was a play, a big player. I mean, he was no Gale Sayers, but he was a big part of the success of. Now they didn't go to the playoffs. They didn't. It wasn't the greatest season, but it, as far as the team, he was a big part of Chicago Bears' success that year, and uh, for multiple years. Then all of a sudden, he starts playing not as well, Piccolo, and they take him off the team. The next thing you know, he's dying of cancer, and is dead. So it was big news, at least, maybe not national, I don't know, but in, and, and you know, I saw this film as a kid, Mike, it made me cry. This was the yeah. first film I ever saw as a little, I mean, I don't know, it was 1970, so I was, I was Eight, seven, six. Yeah. Six. but I mean, I didn't see it when it air, first aired, I saw a rerun. I went to my mom and I said, oh, this movie so special. She was like, don't bother me, kid. She did not console me. <laughs> Mom. Maybe she's not into football. Yeah, this was a, a big, big, big pop culture moment, this movie. Yeah. There's it was Big okay. Lebowski all the way on the left. Now, you know he was the title role in Santa Claus the movie from the 1980s? Well, I only know that because I have his credits here. I don't right. know that movie. Well, I'm an old timer in a lot of ways. What that means is I'm a racist in a lot of ways. Oh. But I don't think it's all that common for a man of my age to. It's you know. Want to be used to like the things, way things are. Be comfortable. We black stay over there. We white stay <laughs> over here. What's the big deal? Down to is that What's it? Warren stays on this side. Ed seems to think it's a good idea. What? I guess maybe we are due for some changes around here. I want to. I want to wait for Lebowski's voice. Oh no! No, it's not that simple, Gail. <laughs> now, JC's idea. Yes, I did agree with it. Is that this is 1965? Wow. We'd like the bears. I to suggest you do what your parents did and get a job. So we'd like you and Brian Piccolo to room together. What? That's it? That's the big deal? That's oh, all. okay. Yeah, that's all. That's what this is about? Is that all? Yeah. I, you had me worried. I thought it was something. Now they're really, going to say the end word. You might want to mute. Man, you're talking about a white man. To... All right. I'll mute. Our show doesn't need to have that word. Okay. Well, then this is a bad song. Uh, I'm sorry, <laughs> Brian. Song. This is a bad movie to pick because... They will make, they will say the N-word, James Cons will say the N-word. He says chicken N-word, but mm. when he uses the N-word, Dale Sayers and his wife think it is hilarious in this script. And that's probably reflecting of real life because it was in his autobiography, I guess. Right. Have you ever read the autobiography? Is this something that no. you read? You know, I enjoy watching football. I'm not one of those people who likes to understand everything about the players, especially their real lives. Yeah. And that's true for everything for me. I love well, rock bands, and I'm not interested in who's sleeping with who and who's lost their house and who's on heroin. 
you know. Right. But, you know, uh, although it does help you appreciate Johnny Thunders more, if you know that he was on Chinese Rocks, he was living on Chinese Rocks. Okay. This, uh, oh, I, I think feel... I'll appreciate him less and be happy with it. I feel kind of bad because, you know, with our our podcast of several years, I've been forcing you to actually get the details of movies. <laughs> yeah. So you may not give a shit about like the players, but you're needy. You have to. Movie it's like, yeah. Yeah. Let me tell you, uh, James Caan, this film actually put him a little bit over the top, even though he was already. Um, okay. He had been in El Dorado. He had been in Robert Altman's Countdown, which is a, a name. We should I never know even it. Heard I don't of know. It. I never even heard of that movie. We bet should we Fra Francis Ford Coppola's The Rain People, okay? Right. And he was right. like, I'm a movie star now. I'm not a TV guy anymore. I'm not doing this film. And the agent would say, Well, they really want you. No, I'm not. And he goes, Hey, I got in the mail the script. I told you I don't want to do this film. Read the script. I read the script, but I'm not doing it. Then he read the script. And so after this, he became Sonny the very next year, Sonny uh, 1972. Sonny Corleone. You see, he goes, I'm pissed off because I'm probably not going to make the team. I'm probably going to get... Okay, turn it up. This is Dick, but Dick Butkiss. Oh. In the center. I'm making the team, gentlemen. Well done. Wait, who? The mustache? Kind of yeah. On the Haitian of new men. Jesus, well, now he's young. The team is really yes. like you're one of us. Oh, no, initiation. Welcome right. to the Chicago Bears! But what you don't see is the actual hazing and this is a movie i don't think that's a good idea you know this is a movie so we need to see something we need to be really? what thrilled how many noodles poured on their head look at yes, this. yes we need to see it there's the wives now this is real footage of yeah yeah this is actual and i gotta tell you as a football fan the helmets look very funny because they are like today's helmets look like space helmets, right? Of the astronauts. So to it's protect it, your head. Yeah, it's so thin, and they just have that face guard. It's very different from today's helmets. Look at these towels from the seventies, and they really go around the waist. There's a lot of improvements in towel technology, but yeah, the yeah. old school towels—they would go around your waist. Now. <laughs> Piccolo's fucking with them again, even though they're roommates and friends now. He's going, what you call the defense? A bunch of cowards? <laughs> <laughs> you, you know, like, he goes, well, we had a good off defense. You know, I mean, we had a good, um, you know, and we just, all right, whatever. What we so missed is, is Brian Piccolo was like, I probably didn't make the team. And then Gail Sayers was like, well, they wouldn't make us roommates if you didn't make the team. And he was like, hey, yeah, that's right. And he got all excited. They went to call their wives, and that's when they were initiated. But right now, we're watching a real game, right? This is yeah, not this like is an Gale exhibition Sayers. game. This is Rookie oh. of the Year, 1965, Gail Sayers. Oh, wow. So this is actually number 40 himself. Yep. Touchdown! So, this, so they made the team if they're actually playing a game in the season, right? Like, well, I know. Okay. Yes, but you can still get cut. There's an initial period. Okay, now we meet the wives. Ooh, a Pizza Hut. Now, Gail is very shy and very quiet. And hopefully the defense goes the same way. Yeah. Well, 
okay, this is like a, the word isn't mansplaining, but it's one of those situations in which the men are talking about, like they're talking shop and the women are pretending it's so interesting and, and funny. Go ahead. Go ahead. Listen. I figure she's going to get rid of the box, you know, the contaminants. Very same plate. Um, trap plate is also called a sucker plate because it makes Free the fence look real bad when it works. And the fence. They don't, don't like to look real bad. Well, the reason I wanted to, he makes a joke right. and Gail is very shy. So his wife goes, Gail made a joke. Go ahead. Okay. How's your family, Rose? <laughs> I was afraid to get up. I figured not everything was going to come with me. Uh, you have never seen anyone so black and blue in your life. <laughs> it's like a room with a color play again. Oh, because he's blue. Gail told the joke. <laughs> ah, Gail got jokes. You know that expression? Gail got, Gail jokes. got jokes. Yeah. Oh, Gail got jokes. Hey, everybody. Gil, he speaks. He speaks. <laughs> he was a very shy person, and there was a remake of this film in 2001 by Disney Channel. And Gail really? Sayers, he liked, he said he liked the remake better because Billy D. Williams just played him too shy. But the truth is, he, he played him accurately. I mean, there's going to be this scene in which uh, Gail Sayers up gets up to accept an award and make a speech, and he basically just stands there i mean it's recorded gail this is you he's not faking right. it wow this is really incredible this archival footage yeah did you see him juke the um the yeah rap? he ran he ran them along <clears throat> i think i understand football you see football the differences between football and baseball <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> it's like a, everything you ever see that church carmen bit no Oh, is that one I football. should check out? Well, you know what? You should, if you ever have an opportunity to watch, I think the first episode of Saturday Night Live, George Carlin does his difference between football and baseball bit in one okay. of the many opening monologues. So you, you'll see it. It's a famous bit of his. In baseball, you got to go home. But in football, you got to kill the other guy. <laughs> he was a true genius. He would take a lot of expressions and, and, Bear new light to it. So that was a good bit. He's whistling. Well, yeah. You see, they've been practicing his speech and getting all ready because they're good friends now. And he's about to get up and give his speech. Uh, don't, don't mess it up, Mike. <laughs> you thank Go you, girl. You're not, let's hear his speech. And, uh, <clears throat> I'd like to thank you all for this honor. So it's not really right. Let's say to give it to one man, it's football is about a team, and he's got a whole thing prepared about the team. Okay, just get to it, Brian. Uh, no, not Brian. Gail. Living guy. Gail Sayers. Yeah, right. Gay. <laughs> Gay Sayers. Anytime, Gail. Yeah. Right okay. <laughs> I did not like the that whole thing. Now look. The speech is there, and it's a continuity error. It's clearly a blank piece of paper. Oh. Well, then it's he said everything he, he said everything he needed to say then. Yeah, that's right. He followed his speech. Good one, Mike. Good one, Mike. 
Hey man, I could do sports humor like the rest of us, like the like the rest of us guys. Williams' film debut was Last Angry Man, 1959, but he came to national attention in the movie Brian's Song, 1971, earned him an Emmy nomination. He didn't win it for best oh. actor. Basically, this this gave him a career. The, his appearance in this, and guess who it didn't give a career is Lou Gossett Jr. Lou Gossett Jr. was cast to be Billy D. Williams' part and play Gail Sayers, but then yeah. he was, like, working out, and he, he ripped his Achilles tendon, and he was, like, crying in his cornflakes because it was his big shot! And the producer was like, don't worry, man. We'll get... Listen, I got this thing coming up. It's called Roots. I'm putting you in it. So that's oh. it. He became Chicken George, and he yeah. became a very famous person that we saw as a wrestler... Am I wrong? It was Thunderground. Thunderground, good one. Um, yeah. No, this is the one where like the kids take over the soda shop and make it into a bar. Oh, this is the Living zoo the crew. Trailer. Zoo crew. Yeah, yeah. Wasn't yeah. that Ben Vereen? Ben. Uh... That was Ben Vereen living in the trailer. Okay, yeah. so... Ben Vereen just happens to have a club, but he lives outside in a trailer. Okay, good never movie. mind. I'm confusing two people. It wasn't Lou Gossett Jr. All right. Now they're double fisting. Oh, they got pizza again? What they're saying here, like, it's like, who made the, the next... He's got the thing, like, who's on the oh, next no. team? Yeah, and Brian's not on it. and But he got first starting guy, right? Yeah. So poor well, Brian. Gil's... Poor Brian. Come on, pizza's getting cold, Black Magic. Um, he calls him Black Magic, and yeah. Gail calls him Pick, as in Piccolo. But oh. the true his true nickname, uh, Brian Sayers' true nickname was the Kansas Comet because he went to school in Kansas. I don't know. No, but that, I mean, like, I thought they really roll off the tongue. Hey, so, Carl, like, what's up? Everything's Kansas. going. <laughs> Comet. Comet. Casey. Okay, so everything is great with the world, right? I mean, Brian, yeah. he's on the bench, and okay, Gail, Gail is taking the position like Brian is not starting. He's sitting there waiting for Gail to get out of the game, and then Brian gets to go in. But oh no, what happened? What happened in a sports movie, if you fall in slow motion, something fucked That's up not good. going down. Oh, now it's regular motion. I'm in pain. I'm in pain. <laughs> Damn it. Damn it, says Jack Warden. Now, this is real footage. This is Gail That's Sears. Say. That's his wimpiest moment. God. Can you imagine, like, having a movie about your life and you have to rewatch the moment you got fucking banged <laughs> up? That's right. Yeah. So now. They're driving in the grass? Yeah. Fuck it. No, it's a driveway. And not only is it a driveway, but it's the house of Bewitched. They're going to walk into the television set of Bewitched, believe it or not. Right, because uh, uh, what was her mom's name? Agatha? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Or maybe that was the daughter. What was the daughter? Tabitha. Yeah, yeah. Tabitha. Which, no, you know, Esmeralda. Was... That was her. Do you remember Tabitha had a late 70s spinoff show? Like she was an adult witch. I remember was, that uh, that was a true thing, but I never. Yeah, 
You know who played Tabitha? It was Lisa Hartman from Entertainment Tonight. Interesting. From okay, Entertainment here is, Tonight. This was a bewitched set. They're at a television station uh, set right now in Los Angeles. It's a little different, right? Different chairs, different TV set. Uh, no. Uh, well, maybe you're right. I don't know, but. Do you recognize it? Does muscle memory no. in your head go, that's Bewitched House? No, no. Like, if you showed me Brady Bunch's house, I would know it. Uh, <laughs> no, this is... That would be so funny, Carl, just for a movie to have an interior of the Brady Bunch house and not call attention to it. <laughs> if you showed me, uh, like, Ricky and, and uh, Lucy's bedroom, I would know it. Sure. Family Matters, too. Um, I pretty much know that house by heart. Yeah. Her, now, this yeah. is a, like, I'm feeling sorry for myself scene. Like, I said I was okay! Now get out! But not that. Men and their feelings. You think this movie, like, the reason why it's such a pop phenom was that it was men and their feelings and love for each other and... Yes, but I, I think it also had to do with the popularity of football and the racial component, and that it was apparently a quality film. You know, <laughs> this this thing, Nielsen ratings, it was 32.9. It had an audience share of 48%. Half the country that watched TV that night watched this. That's nuts. Now, it was the most watched made-for-TV movie ever, but not for a long time. Uh, the right. Night Stalker in 1970. Okay, somebody's in the basement. Who's that in the basement? What the fuck is this shit? Well, that knee ain't gonna fix itself. Go uh -huh. ahead, this guy. Pick Piccolo itself. Yeah, what the hell is that thing? What it is, which is a leg lift machine. What for? For well, uh, getting that knee back in shape is not going to be a take it easy proposition. So I set it up in the basement so you have to walk down the stairs. <laughs> I'm not afraid. Uh, I'm not afraid. Ouch. 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 Mike, don't Ouch. you dare, Mike. Don't you make a mistake. Ouch. 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 Okay, now. <laughs> you ought to be afraid, I am not afraid. I'm just tired of being bugged by reporters. Linda, you. Hey, you. You, know, you are a real charmer, Sarah. I mean, an absolute saint. Look, maybe you think it's a real friendly thing hey, to do. Hey, you can stick that in your ditty bag, too, you dumb jackass. Ditty bag. Whoa. You dumb jackass. Now, the towel's going to dis... Yep, towel disappeared. Yep. He called him a what? Ditty bag? He said, put it in your ditty bag, you chicken... I don't know what he said. But listen, I, even though I've, this is my fifth time, because were, we were going to do this yesterday... So I was like, all right, I'll watch it one more time if I've got the time. <laughs> Fuck, I said to see this goddamn film. And I didn't cry. But how's your chest hair, Carl? Like, do you grow chest hair every time you watch Brian's song? <laughs> if I could grow chest hair, I would. So, <laughs> so what's happening here is he's saying, look, I'm not helping you because you're my friend. I'm helping you because, like, it, when I was in high school, I was the greatest this and the greatest that. But unfortunately, there was a guy better than me. So even though he led the country and such and such, there was a guy, you know, he had to play second fiddle. Same thing happened when he went to college. Now he's in the pros and he's the greatest, greatest, greatest. But there's a, he's second fiddle again. So he's like, 
now he's the starter because Billy D. Williams is out. So what he wants to say is, I want you coming back. I don't want anybody saying that I got a lucky break. I want to beat you legitimately. So we're going to get your knee back in order so that nobody can say I'm not the greatest because of me. That's his that's, whole deal. That's a really nice thing to say to someone down on his luck, right? <laughs> I mean, that's that's actually a good speech. Yeah, and it it's it's uh the truth is and you can see it through the film. He really is doing it cuz he loves this guy. He's a good yeah. friend. Now remember in real life this was happening, not exactly like this. We don't know what the real life was, but we're talking about 21 and 22 years old here. Right. I mean this wow, guy so... died. He didn't get to live. You know, like you're born, now you're 4. You're really not living yet. You're 8. Like, it isn't until your high school you can see what it's going to be like to have a life, right? He's graduating, he goes to college, and then he's dead. What a ripoff. Right. What, you mean the, the college admissions were like, we're not going to get money for junior and senior year. <laughs> Tuition money's gone. So what he's doing now is he's hearing Brian Piccolo do great <laughs> on the radio. So he's like, I've got to get better. Fuck this cane. So now he's yeah, he like, in the trash. Perfectly good cane. <laughs> Perfectly good cane. If I saw a cane in the trash, I'd be like, what's the story? <laughs> Did somebody beat yeah, up an somebody's old Somebody's dead. <laughs> so now we see oh, the... it isn't your Rocky montage or anything, but we do see like him tr without music and fast cuts. Okay. We see him working hard. To get back in shape and we see brian helping him it, it's a big i mean he's playing professional football so it's like get back in shape to play re play professional football again That's yeah the, the stakes are high it's not just like get back so that you can walk again it's get back so that you can be the athlete you used to be it, it's it's asking a lot Cut. I love James Conn's hair throughout the decades. He yeah. always had the best hair. Look at that. I'd love to have hair like that. <laughs> What's so great about it? Just regular hair. No, he's got the curls, tight curls. It looks good. <laughs> okay. So this was so popular that they tried to release it theatrically, but it really didn't work. It it was a they thought this was such a hit on TV, let's try it in the theaters. And it, it didn't that's interesting because if it shows on broadcast TV in the early 70s, there's a good chance you're never going to see it again until they yep. like, do a rerun of it. So, you know, it's definitely water cooler, school next day at school kind of conversation. Did you see Brian's right. song? Right, and then it goes away. So a movie gives you a chance to see it in a limited window, you know. Uh, the production was such a success, ABC... Uh, on ABC that it was later shown in theaters by Columbia Pictures. Now that explains our opening logo, right? That explains, it's yeah. Amazing. Okay, so it was released. Of course, the premiere was in Chicago. However, it was soon withdrawn due to lack of business, and also it was theatrically released in, in Europe. I don't have much data on that. Okay, yeah. so now we have the scene when it's like, I'm healthy again. They're like, first one to the hot dog stand buys the hot dogs now look there's trouble okay oh. this is a famous scene them running in slow motion together 
You can see Jimmy. Turn on Dennis. the Brian song song. Oh, this is the Brian song song. Na, 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 na. This was a hit on seventies. This was a hit. It's instrumental. It's an instrumental. Now look, what's happened? Things aren't good. I did pop on you. Papa Nibone. But wait. Ah. All the times I've seen this film, it's not clear to me if he was pretending. It looks like he did really fucked up. Yeah, it did. It does. But I mean, this is the scene that declares like you're healthy again. So if he just fell, you know. Brian's song has no lyrics. It's an instrumental. Well, there are lyrics. There are lyrics. Let me go to the okay. song and tell you about it here. Okay, Bell Records released um, an album. There wasn't enough music to make a soundtrack because they just keep playing this song over and over again. <laughs> so they to justify a long-playing so soundtrack album, Legrand, Michael Legrand did this, uh, recorded Brian's song, Themes and Variations, which included a section oh. of his um, other film projects. But they released a 45 called Brian's Song. Um, theme to Brian's Song called The Hands of Time, popular term in the 70s, um, become, it became a standard. It charted for eight weeks in 1972, number 56 on the Billboard Top 100. So that's not so high. So but for TV, one-time TV, a movie experience, that's pretty high. That's right. Won a Grammy Award for the Best Instrumental Composition. What, variations? We had one song and we stretched it to an LP? Here's no, the 45. The 45. Oh, 45. Okay, it's you. Song. Yeah. Hey, Coach Dangle. How's it hanging? Okay. Now, we're supposed to see the shadow of the boom mic, but I really think it's no big deal. Over James Kahn's head to the right, you'll see okay. a shadow. Of I do. A I see it. It's all the way at the way top. It, it, it's not even worthy of an internet mention in my... Okay, turn this on. Turn this on. Okay. Who made like... you number one fullback? Hey, Vic. You like, and me starting backfield. What do you say? We're going to replace you as halfback. Keep it up. Keep it up. Which, I didn't think it was That's possible, but I think you finally found the way to shut him up. <laughs> Look at him, die. He's a good he's, actor. Uh, you, he's a good actor. Did you ever follow his, twi uh, his Twitter account? <laughs> <laughs> No, I James think he Kong died, a, right? He died. Uh, he died yeah, he in 2022. Away. Yeah, pretty recently, 2022. His, his tweet account, he would always uh, end every tweet with the words, end of tweet. <laughs> like, like telegraph stop? Yeah. Now, this is real footage. The thing is, it wasn't the TV broadcast. It was somebody with a 16-millimeter film on the sidelines, you know, because that was the day. Right, because usually, like, if you watch a movie, like, if Disney Plus did Brian's song now, they would use CGI and yep. 
you know, maybe they would get, you know, rent a space, but they wouldn't. This is really well done, I think. Well, because, maybe uh, what I should have done instead of watching this film again was say, okay, check out the 2001 Disney release. Yeah, but that's not your style, though. No, it's not. Watch the film. Okay, so yeah. now Brian Piccolo is in the peak of health. He's doing great all the time. He's he's excelling on stage, but he keeps losing weight. Why? There is no reason for it. He's eating. Uh -oh. Yeah, something's something's not right. It's so strange because we're halfway into this movie. So, yeah. like, I guess the third act is just him bedridden, or? <laughs> well, it's got its ups and downs. It's not just him bedridden, but, you know. The thing is, in Am real gonna... life, he had multiple surgeries. In this movie, it's like he had two. He had one which was supposed to fix him, and it didn't work, and he went in for a second one and died. But also, this is a – he had testicular cancer, and it's extremely treatable, uh, just not back then. Right. Uh, let me tell you about this cancer. The cancer began with the tumor near Piccolo's heart taking root in embiotic tissue. You know, you have that since you're born. It's your embiotic uh, – it's a little sac you're in. It recurred in his pectoral muscles, giving him a form of breast cancer, and it involved a lung. Oh, water boy. Oh, yeah. Thank you, water boy. Thank you, water boy. Okay, so uh, Brian Piccolo had a metastasized verse of testicular cancer, not mentioned in the film for reasons of delicacy on Prime TV. Testicle was a censored word. He underwent multiple extremely painful surgeries. He had a breast, you know, mastectomy, the removal of his chest wall, the removal of his Jesus. testicle, which is called orchiactomy, and other things is a bullet point here. Uh, the surgeon was too gung-ho, a lot of people feel, because his, his Brian's chances were virtually zero. The cancer at such an advanced state, there was nothing that could actually be done. They should have focused on his quality of life. Now, in yeah. 74, right? He just died in 70. In 70, 71, did he die? In 74, this doctor, Larry Einhorn, developed a regimen that had direct, dramatic impact on this form of cancer. Today, this cancer, when caught at the right stage, is the most treatable cancer, and it beats leukemia in its treatableness. Uh, 70 cent per, 70 cent per chance, chance of survival he would have had and if somebody's testicular cancer is not metastasized, it's 99% survival rate. So he got born wow. at the wrong time. Yeah. Hey, uh, bad news. Uh, what's that? You have something, something cancer. Oh, this damn TV movie. You tell me I have something, something. Yeah, right in your somethings. <laughs> Please tell me where is the cancer? Uh, well, you it's know. somewhere. It's uh, you got into somethings. It's around your zone. Now, guess what? Brian Piccolo. I mean, Gail is being told by Jack Warden that Brian Piccolo is getting cut. He's going down to the lower team, the whatever it's called, AAA or the whatever. He's the just not performing. Yeah, the farm team. 
So, but it's not because of cancer. It's just that he's a shitty player now. They don't know about cancer. He's just a shitty player. He's not. <laughs> Did I say he that? kick our ass, okay? He's just not a hundred. He's at eighty percent, and the other guys are at a hundred. So in football, oh, I'm tackling. But in baseball, it's an out. <laughs> <laughs> My George Carlin. So I, he, does he make baseball seem wimpy compared to football the whole time? That's the trick to a George Cadence, uh, George Cadence, a George Carlin Cadence. You mm -hmm. say like, uh, in cricket, but in lacrosse, <laughs> you're All right, I, so let's listen. I here. don't, I don't need football. Football. That's not what he's saying. That is not what he's saying. I'm going to hold my That's breath until I get back on the team. Being treated in the damn Chinese restaurant. He's mad at the doctor. Be this, be that. Give him, give him a straight answer. He just tried It's like a half hour left, so the last 20 minutes he's going to be having cancer. Why are you... Is it, I, I let you run the film because you're so heavy on the mute button. I'm so liberal with the mute button. Yes, you're right. Let the men speak. That was a pointless game. I mean, I know perfectly well what's wrong with me. Uh-oh. Yeah, I, uh, I think I'm pregnant. That's <laughs> played your fat ass. People loved this film, man. They loved it. Yeah. Oh, no. This is like a big pop culture moment in America. The Chernobyl Stadium. Yeah, that's right. Now, look, I didn't mean for you to leave the mute button on forever. I just mean be a little more liberal. Gale Sayers wanted to play himself, which would have been sucky. It would have been horrible. Uh, it would have been the first time. Big Lebowski. Yeah. They got bad news. Carl, I don't think you would know this, but there was a, a World War II movie about a true story about a guy who who sacrificed a lot. He he survived, but he played himself in the movie. I think he got an Oscar. I, I God, I wish I had my movie trivia. Uh-huh. Right at the tip little, of your brain. More attuned. But uh I remember that. So people have I'm trying to think of movies where the actual person plays themselves. Uh, yeah. Private um, parts? Right, private parts, but that doesn't really count. That's like a fake movie. It's, it was a star vehicle for him. It wasn't right. uh, a retelling of a true story. I mean, it no, was, right. but it wasn't. Okay, so now uh, we're learning there. Brian has cancer. And uh -oh. he's not happy. He's not happy. Just something that Brian carried around inside him all his life. That's the embryonic fluid part. Um, I kicked it off. You don't know whether or not they they got it in time. I'm afraid they don't know that either. Now, you know Gail is shy and bad at public speaking. So he's like, I'll tell the team. They're like, you, Gail? Who's going to tell him? Uh, I'm not going to tell him. Tell you him. tell him. No. Oh, <laughs> I'm not going to tell him. Yeah, he's my boyfriend. Okay. You go. That's not me. Hey guys, I got some good news and I got some bad news. Listen up. 
Good news right. is I'm over my public speaking fear. <laughs> the good news, I learned how to start an introductory, uh, how to start a speech. The bad news. I don't know how to finish. Uh, Brian's got cancer. Now, he's not just saying, like, guys, Brian's got cancer, but one of the things I didn't mention that's a big deal in this film is who gets the game ball. The best player every game gets the game ball. So he's like, we should award the game ball to Brian Piccolo, who's not even on our team anymore, but he was just yesterday, and he's got cancer, so let's give him the game ball. So the thing is, they give him the game ball and go on to lose the game. So Brian Piccolo's like, come on, man. You give a guy a game ball. He's supposed to win the game. Right, Brian. We we talked to the team and I talked about it. And and, and you want me to play? No, we got you this ball. <laughs> right. It's to celebrate your cancer. We're bringing you a ball. It's to celebrate your testicular cancer, Carl. We're getting you a testicle. Here, here's the game testicle. You got me the game something something. It is 1971. Oh, he's giving a big speech. Yeah, go ahead. That is sick. Very sick. <laughs> and uh, it looks like. Uh... <laughs> This isn't what I when I cried. I cried. You might never play football. Like at the last yeah. like death scene. We don't see him die, yeah. but this is pretty brutal. I haven't seen this movie before. I know you've seen it five times, so I might be talking over the more sensitive moments. It's all right. I, maybe I saw it six because I saw it when it aired when I was a little kid. Right. But, but the thing is, maybe I was super young because, okay, 71, I was in East Orange, and I'm born in 66, so right. I was... Um, five? Yeah, maybe I was five. So it makes sense I would cry over somebody dying. Like, you go right. to watch... I remember the first time I ever saw a television show from the beginning to the end, because as you know, you didn't pick one and stream it, it was just rolling... Sure, you just turn I on remember, TV. What an experience. I never knew what the fuck they were talking about on TV, you know? I would always be coming in in the middle as a little kid. Right. I remember the first time I saw a complete story from start to finish. Okay, the internet says this says it's a Los Angeles hospital, but we're supposed to be in Chicago, but I don't see a sign. No. Someone here yell, go Bears. Oh, no, it has to be Chicago. You hear that? <laughs> Here he's going. You win the game. You're supposed to win, win the game. game. Stop busting my something, Brian. Now, <laughs> in this film, Bernie Casey is playing JC, JC Caroline, that guy right there. And, right. but as they're exiting the room, James Conn will go, Thank you. Thank you, Bernie. He'll, he'll give him, he'll give Bernie a slice of pizza. It'll call him Bernie. And they left it in. Bernie Casey, record-breaking hurdler. He huh. would throw hurdles for Bowling Green State University, helped the 1959 football team win a small national college national championship, All-American recognition, U.S. Olympic trials in 1960, national honors 
high hurdles, 58 so, through 60. All right. So I'm looking at his credits. Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure, Never Say Never Again. I'm going to get you, sucker, Revenge. Turn up the sound. Turn up the sound. All right. All right. Hang a sec. Hang a, give, me, give me a sec. Forget it, Mike. Don't turn up the sound. Duh. Duh. <laughs> you heard him. Did you hear him shuffling his feet? Take Gail down and have him. You can mute it now. Sorry, Carl. I was looking at Bernie Casey because because I knew him from something. And, well, uh, he was now the I know. ninth overall selection in the 1961 Newton NFL draft by I don't the 49ers, Sucker Free City. Yeah. Sucker Free City. I saw that. Now, the thing Sucker I know him Free. from is James Bond, the Never Say Never Again. Right. He was Felix, wasn't he? Right. The CIA agent. Yeah, who didn't help when Fatima was going to kill James Bond. Right. I finally saw Never Say Never. Never Say Never Again was there was a loophole with Thunder. One of the earlier Bonds, some guy had the copyright. Like, they shared the copyright. It was the Broccoli oh. family and this other guy. So they took Thunderbolt, the, the, the underwater movie that Connery was in, and they just redid it. Mm-hmm. So I actually I never I never saw the original or the the unofficial remake. So I watched both recently. Okay, now the director does a good thing here, or the writer, and I haven't really told you about the writer yet. He's he's yeah. really for real. Um, so they're in the cancer ward, and this little girl was like, "I want Gail Sayers' autograph." So they came down to give him the autograph, and he goes, "Well, she's not with us here anymore." She's not with us anymore. And he's like, well, do you uh, have a forwarding address? And she's like, no, you don't get it. She is dead. So the direct uh, writer and director all, you know, clearly did that to show us the tragedy that's to come, Brian. Right. Well, that okay. little girl passes away. Yeah. William Blinn is the writer's name. And he was all about television. You know, Rawhide, Gunsmoke, The Rookies, here, you know, Shane. But with Aaron Spelling, he created Starsky and Hutch. That's pretty good. Look also, at this. Look he at was there, his man. own producer. He made Eight is Enough and Fame. He wrote the movie Purple Rain. This guy was for wow. real. Carl, I just learned something about Eight is Enough, something I didn't realize as a kid. Yeah. That hour-long TV show had a laugh track. Eight is Enough had a laugh track? Right. <laughs> it I don't did that. It totally did. I was reading a book from twenty years ago, and it said the only two hour-long shows that had a laugh track, as per two thousand two, it is enough and Love Boat. Love Boat sounds right. Okay, Love turn Boat this sounds... up. Turn this up. Okay, give me a second. You don't need a great amount of wind or. So what he's thinking side. about is, what if I become a kicker? I could be a kicker, well, and I could be in the game. Be I don't know, Brian. I mean, I'm no expert on kickers and things. Yeah, Brian, like, don't you need to be out of the wheelchair? Come on, turn it up. Turn it up. Come on now. Don't make fun of me, Brian. I'm scared. What of? What of? What of? You can't be serious. You know perfectly well what of. No, I don't. I swear to God, I don't, honey. Now look, I'm a, I'm no idiot, but this thing I got's bad. I know that. But uh, well, it's just a detour, Joy. 
Oh boy. I'm not going to let it stop me. Yeah. Okay. No, there's, there's no, there's no I just way. I wanted to show you this is real thing. He did not believe too he much was to do you, Joy. He believed he was going to overcome this and be back to whatever. Maybe not football. Well, no, he wanted to try to become a kicker. Because you don't have to, you know, it's not it that physically. Pick it up, you dummy. Gail. Mr. Piccolo, calm down. Dan, calm Who's down. Sucking? The ball was wearing a white sheet. Did you hear that? Yeah, well, I was going to. There's a lot of that. Started coming down. That's... What's going on with you? I tell you you're not liberal a enough on the like mute button. So now you just and leave your run. Well, oh, he's hot. She won a game. That's right. Oh, boy. Yeah. You didn't dedicate this one to me, though, did you? Nope. Oh, now he's so he's better in now. Um, well, he's still in the hospital. He's going to have his surgeries and everything. He really hasn't had the surgery yet. Gotcha. And boy, are they going to chop him up. But like we said, in real life, it's much more uh, than they show in the film. In the film, there's two rounds. He has one operation that's supposed to save him. Then they find out there's still more cancer. You got to have a second operation. It's like that's when he realizes maybe i'm going to die you know he was trying to right. get over it like he fixed uh like he helped gail fix his leg this is what he was trying to do i guess i should tell you about these wives as actresses if you want to they're not really in many scenes i mean i understand you know it's traumatic to his girlfriend his wife no, they're, they, they're, you know, they're in the stands, they're laughing over dinner, they're at the award ceremony, they're at the bedside, you know, she's there when he comes home with the hurt knee, here she is right here. It's, it's, they, they called them in the middle of the night to come over. Okay, let me talk hey, about her first. Joy sure, sure. Carl, I, I'll be right back. Ladies and gentlemen, I am going to kill Mike Spiegelman. Except for that cool logo on his. Okay. She was Mary Stone in the sitcom Donna Reed show. None of us ever saw that. But you might have seen her in Coach from 89 to 97. She was Christine Armstrong. She won two Emmy Award nominations. But also Shelley Fabris was the leading lady in Girl Happy, an Elvis Presley film. So... She is now saying that they didn't get all the cancer. They got to do another operation and somebody's got to tell Piccolo and she just can't bring herself to do it. Listen to Mike's wildlife in his backyard, my God. Okay, Judy Pace is the wom woman who plays Linda Sayers. Um, she, both of these women are still alive today. Um, Judy Pace was in a lot of black exploitation films. Uh, she played Vicki Fletcher on the TV series Peyton Place, which was way before our time and ended in 69. And she was also in another popular show called The Young Lawyers, which ended in 71. Sure. Um, I've Judy seen more Donna, I've seen more Donna Reed episodes than Coach. Really? Yeah. Donna Reed has that great theme song. They're cousins, right? Or no, I'm thinking Patty Duke. Fuck. <laughs> now, here comes some bureaucrat paperwork guy who's like, 
you have to sign your form, like, you know, because it's for the coming operation. But Brian Piccolo doesn't know. He goes, hasn't the doctor come to see you? No. Why would the doctor come to see me? Uh oh, awkward. Yep. So it was supposed to be the doctor Billy has been here, hasn't he? He's talked to you, I mean. Oh, no, why? why? What oh, about? No. I'll step back a little later. Oh, no, wait. No, whoa, 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 buddy. You can't just drop a bomb. What would the doctor have to say to me? No, I'll let the doctor tell you. Well, you're something, somethings. You got <laughs> something, something. There's a lump on your something. Listen, the good news is you get to keep okay. one ball. Bad news is the football. <laughs> yeah, the bad news is it's the game ball for the game we lost. The show. And we lost the game. There's more of a tumor than they thought, Dick. They have to operate There's two again. more. Oh, man. That sucks. If someone went through surgery, that's the worst thing to hear. Well, the thing is, he thought he was on demand in recovery. He's made it through the surgery. Now he's got to focus on getting better. Now he finds that all his hope and everything. Forgive the music, it's TV. We can oh, see that's what all right. Soundtrack. Let's, let's do Brian's song instead. So memorable. I've heard I've heard this song a million times. Hey Brian, Brian's song. That sounds like a like Sparks would do, like kind of a fourth wall. This is a song about a song. Professional gets into a habit after a while. He gets himself ready for a game mentally as well as physically. Because he knows those two things are all tied up together. Right. So why don't you come back after the operation? Because he's going to be fine. He's 100% mentally and physically. And what Brian is saying is that you're scheduling the game before he can get ready. Couldn't wait until over the weekend. Yeah, I don't know. Well, yes, I could then let it. Great. You're not getting your signature, buddy. First thing Monday morning, Mr. Piccolo. Okay. okay. I'll see you then. My quick conversation over. <laughs> Man, bad news. Can't get a bad news bears, bad news bears. Oh, it is. He's the original bad news bear, Brian Piccolo. <laughs> right. What was the bad news? He died of cancer. Oh, that too bad he isn't alive. If I ever met him, I'd be like, I loved you in bad news bears. Bad news bears. I wasn't in best. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, Brian's song. Should they read a Brian's song to bad news bear? <laughs> <laughs> The Except bad he's news not a bear, bear right now, is he? He's in the farm. No, no, he's not even a bear. Ex-bear. Okay, wait, I think I'm wrong. Brian Piccolo is 21 years old at the outset of the film's narrative. Okay, so he that's five years. So he's like 26 right now, 25, 26. 
really young. Yeah. Yeah. Another bad thing is that a bad thing about this film, and maybe one of the few bad things, is he's doing Brian Piccolo in a southern accent. It gives him a little charm, his drawl. But right. Brian Piccolo is from Massachusetts, so I don't know where this comes from. Oh, you know, Massachusetts, they have that southern draw. They're yeah, like, right. Let's get hella wicked pissed. <laughs> I guess they would say hella. <laughs> Why'd I throw it out? Hella? A wicked pissa. Oh, that's a northeastern. It's a wicked pissa. Okay, now this is the most heartwarming thing, and it's real. Like they have recorded, you know, the recording of his speech. He really did this. I'm sure Billy D. Williams does it better. Okay, let's listen. I'd like to say a few words about a guy I know, a friend of mine. Name is Brian Piccolo. Pick. And he has a heart. Well, I can't play the piccolo, but I can play the flute. Would you like to see me and play the flute? Courage. Yeah. I was going to kid himself. Yeah. And I do. Cancel. Ah, Carl's leaving the room. Okay. <laughs> okay. a mental attitude. Makes me proud to have a friend who spells out courage. Yep. 24 hours a day, every day of his life. All right, I'll play it when it's a pause. And don't make fun of me. me. I haven't played in a while. No, it's no problem. I, I have my recorder right here. But I say to you here now, Brian Piccolo is the man of courage who should receive the George S. Hallis Award. So his memoir just talks about Brian in a couple chapters. No, it's one chapter Brian about Brian Piccolo. And I think the name is Behind God and Family. I think that's the name. Wow. What a book title. The chapter. I love yeah. Brian Piccolo. Isn't that nice? I'm just going to cry. I'd like all of you to love him, too. Maybe I cried during this scene. I'm not sure. And tonight, he was great in main people. <laughs> Gosh, I haven't played him so long. I'm probably Please gonna... ask God love him. Okay. Awkward. This is the most awkward Dean Martin celebrity roast I've been to. <laughs> Nobody clapped. Right. Yeah, recording. Okay, here we go. Ready? I'm gonna play. Yep. Hello, dial a joke. Can I imagine? How you doing, Phil? Um, <laughs> Whoa. Oh, I, uh, that's, you, I didn't realize you were a flutist. That's fucking flautist. It, right. That's so cool. I'm a flutician. Carl, how many instruments do you play? Well, I whistle the trumpet, I whistle the tuba, I whistle uh -huh. the, the piccolo. But that was just you whistling. You didn't even bother to blow the flute. No! You heard me play, right? I know, that's what I heard. Wait, did they do a weird swipe? Well, they did a 
you're on one side of the phone, I'm on the other side of the phone. Now, basically what uh, Joy is saying here, not Joy, she's saying, come quick. You okay. come now, because he's not going to make it. There's Big Lebowski. Right. Looking terrible. Well, I mean, you would too. <laughs> if I was Big Lebowski? <laughs> now, why is Big Lebowski there? Uh, you know what? He just wants to let Brian know he's still not on the team. This is probably the scene where I cried. I think we're at the end now. And not exactly the end, but real close. And he's sure. going to speak with... Privately speak with uh, Gail Sayers. Okay. Races. Thank you. The biggest head to toe. You gotta believe. Brian, what's your Netflix password? Quick, tell me. <laughs> what's your Netflix? What's your Netflix? Quick, quick, before you say it. No, Brian, look at me. His focus. real last Net words were, "Can you believe this shit?" He was talking to his wife. That's his real last mm -hmm. words. Can you wow. believe that shit? And died. Oh, you sure it wasn't what's your Netflix password? It was not. There. Oh, this is actually pre-Netflix. Even the DVD in the mail. I'm trying, yeah. I heard there's this movie called Star Wars. It's pretty I'm good. Can, you think I'll... No. Mike, don't you dare click that by mistake. Get your hand off the mouse. What are you talking about, Carl? This is probably where I was crying as a five-year-old. Yeah, sure. Boy. Oh, no, Carl. Uh-oh. Oh, he was- You won't see him know. die. You won't see him die. Very convincing, yeah. though. Now, I think this voice stuff is using his chest cavity and wall. You know, it it doesn't... Like, I myself talk through my head. Yeah, Most people talk through their chest. And if you're missing right. your chest... The you sang that dumb fight song. Oh, he's talking about the mashed oh. potatoes incident. Yeah. Brian's song. Play. Put mashed potatoes on your pants. Maybe this is why it's called Brian's song. I think it might be. The fighting song. I'm gonna get you next training camp. I'm gonna get you. You remember the time I put mashed potatoes on your seat and you sat down? That was hysterical. <laughs> oh, I could talk about that for days. Oh. Remember you tried to pretend you didn't sit in the mashed potatoes, but you totally did? Yeah. Why didn't you give me a real potato? Because those were already mashed. <laughs> more mashed potatoes. Can we talk about something else? Can we talk about something else other than the mashed potato? Is it? But it was so funny. Right, Brian? 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 When would we go to hell for this? We might, right, Mike? I don't you know. know. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, playing this. Yeah. 
Well, we're, we've been really respectful for this movie. We, we've been listening to most of these sentimental... Until it really person. mattered, and then we'd laughed at him. Right. I'm just listening so I could make a bit out of this. Oh, no. Oh, no, he doesn't die on screen. Man. Now, this Gale. is the first interracial hug. Boy, this is terrifying. Brian. I love you, Brian. I love you. This might have been the crying moment. I feel it. Now remember, I know, like last year, okay? He's gonna I live in real life. I don't want to riff because I'm gonna, I want to see if I'm gonna cry or not. That's the best Muppet impression I've heard. <laughs> that was a great Kermit. You've got the role. Uh, I'm here for the role of Beaker. All right, Brian let's Piccolo do what died do. of cancer at the age of 26. What? Left a wife and three daughters. Six, yeah. Three also daughters? That's a great many you loving never met friends. Him. It's a film. Yeah. Yeah. think of them often. But when they think of them, it's not how he died that they remember. Right. But rather how he lived. How he lived. How he did live. Oh, he did live. We know movie otherwise. It's Brian's Tom. Yes. Wow, Michael is grand. It's yeah. It's a grand production. Uh, Carl, what you think of this movie? I enjoyed this film. I thought it was well done. I didn't like the racism, but come on, what are you going to do? That was the times. This was oh, time out in 1971. It was okay to say the N-word on TV, and they did. Right. Multiple yeah. times. Well, I guess we missed that, so good for us. But... Yeah, that's right. It, Heavy on the mute always... button is worth something valuable when they're saying the N-word. You know, like, I, when it comes to... Here we go. Da, da, da. Ugh, creepy. That creepy screen gens. S. <laughs> at the end. Check out the S from Hell. That's Rodney Asher's short about the Scream Gems logo at the end uh, and how it, it traumatized children. Speaking of traumatizing children, we had just watched Brian's song. I'd never seen it before. I thought it was pretty good. You know? Yeah. For, uh, it seemed uh, hit the punch. I like the fact that it's only 80 minutes. It launched the career of Billy D. Williams. It did not launch the career of Lou Gossett Jr. Right. It brought yeah. James Bond back to TV, and it had a hit song, which is ridiculous. A lot of men in our genera uh, generation was able to cry. We were allowed to cry. Our dads well, were allowed to cry. I was a boy, cry. not a man. I guess it, uh, I was still a boy then. But, you know, there's a whole generation of men who had permission For this to run, cry. Right. So that's how I always know that film. It was pretty good. Thanks, Carl, for uh, recommending the movie. Uh, we have another movie set up for next week. Here's what we want you to do. Join us every week. You're here at the end of the show. Uh, hopefully you had a good time. Keep that going. Go subscribe to our podcast. Subscribe to us on YouTube. Me. 
Be, uh, listen to MutinyRadio.fm. They do live comedy shows in October. There's going to be their eighth annual Mutiny Radio oh. Comedy Festival. Yeah, uh, in October. Right so up. we have a, we have a movie all set up. I'm going to tell Carl once we get off the air what the movie is, but we'll let you know next week. So uh, keep reaching for the stars. Keep your feet on the ground and keep reaching for the stars. See you next week. Let's watch a full length movie on YouTube with Mike Man. Let's watch a full length movie on YouTube with Mike Man. German strudels. You should follow me on Twitter. It's jokes to Carl. That's the French duh, not the Now let's watch a full-length movie on YouTube with Michael. Good evening, and welcome to the Gates of Delirium, to our romp through the crags and crevices of excellent progressive rock and roll, confined mostly to the glory years of prog rock, 1969 to 1976, but the tradition lives on, and we explore all of it here at the Gates of Delirium. My name is Perkins Warbeck, the 23rd. I keep alive the hopes of the House of the Lancaster to take what as justifiably there is what was robbed of them. I embody the dream of Lancastrians everywhere when I say the throne of England shall be ours. We are here at the sprawling state-of-the-art studios of Mutiny Radio.
You can find us on the intertubes at mutinyradio.fm. If you are listening now, you already have. We're coming to you from the heart of the Mission District of San Francisco, California. West Coast time is 6 o'clock. East Coast, 9 o'clock. The time in Amsterdam is 3 in the morning. And in Planovostok, it's even later than that. You do the math. We're going to listen to a wide variety of excellent choices tonight. We're going to start off with my favorite band, which happens to be a contemporary band from Somerset, England. They got things together in the early 90s, and they have been going ever since. The name of the band is Osric Tentacles. It is Wall of Sound, Space Prague. It is grandeur and whimsy and everything in between. This is Odd Weird from Osric Tentacles. Thank you. 
That was a small snafu. We found ourselves on shuffle instead of correct succession of sound. This is Oolong Oolong from Magic Tentacles.
Stand by while I check this out. Some technology has gone berserk here. Wondering, ah, here we go. We may have solved the problem. This is Nakura, still from Osric Tentacle.
We are listening to the ethereal sounds of Dead Can Dance. A band that came out of Scotland, England in the 80s. With a reconstituted vision of classical Gothic music. Expanded with textures from the Arabian world. The medieval world. The world of the apocalypse. A lush tapestry. I love saying that. A lush tapestry of sound. Transporting and transcendent at the same time. You are listening to me, Perkins Warbeck, the 23rd, as I host the 25th installment of The Gates of Delirium. I am very thankful for all of you for your continued support, especially Alfred's World of Trousers. This is San Pedro from Osric Tentacle.
a snafu.
Listening to Blackwater Slide by Bert Jansch. If this sounds familiar, it turned into Backwater Slide by Jimmy Page on Led Zeppelin II, in which he completely ripped it off and made no acknowledgement whatsoever of its origin. <laughs> Thinking that Led Zeppelin was caught doing that quite a bit. It's an interesting story. We're going to move on with another. Another outlandish excursion from Steve Hillage. This is Shimmer. You are listening to The Gates of Delirium with me, Perkins Warbeck the 23rd. <laughs> Thank you. 
are listening to The Gates of Delirium. This is episode number 25. Dick and Dance. We're listening to Dick and Dance, a neo-gothic musical enterprise started in the 80s, blending all sorts of disparate musical elements into a lush tapestry. There it is, I get to say that again, a lush tapestry of sound. Once again, we'd like to thank Alfred's World of Trousers. Has never trousered a man without trousering his soul. Alfred brings truth with every pair of trousers he sells. Alfred will set you on the straight and narrow and answer your deepest existential questions. Rely on Alfred for the best in trousers and for the meaning of life. Free of 